believe. You know, Jeremy Camp, when he uh, wrote that song, it was shortly after his wife, Melissa, died from cancer. And uh, Jeremy said that he felt like God wanted him to sit down and write a song, but he didn't feel like it. And that that tugging was so great by the Holy Spirit that the, the song God gave him just poured into his heart. And in an interview uh, after writing it, he said he wanted the song to convey that no matter how devastating a situation is in life, that God's still on the throne and that everything in God's word is truth. Uh, and the movie, if you haven't seen it, it's a good movie, by the way. I still believe uh, it's his, his and Melissa's life story. And uh, Jeremy had just arrived home from the hospital. Uh, his wife had died. And he's having a conversation with, with his father. And, well, just watch the clip. And... Get some sleep. See you in the morning, Mom, and I'll have breakfast ready for you when you get up. Dad. Can I ask you a question? Anything. I remember I prayed and prayed in this room. For Josh to be born healthy. It didn't happen. And you prayed for so long for your ministry. Still nothing. Dad, I begged God to heal Melissa. What am I supposed to do with that? Asking if Josh's disabilities were disappointing? Yes, they are. Did I have big dreams that didn't come true? Sure. Do I understand why Melissa isn't here anymore? willingly to walk into the fire with her right beside her all the way to the end but then that's exactly what I would do for your mom and you boys that's what love is and I got to watch my son do that for his wife. That was a privilege. I don't know the answers to your questions. 
but I do know this. That my life is not full in spite of the disappointments. It's full because of them. After that uh, conversation, that uh, Jeremy wrote the song. Because I still believe in your faithfulness. Because I still believe in your truth. Because I still believe in your holy word. Even when I don't see it, I still believe. You know, friends, when life it, it takes you to the edge, Sometimes, and you're not sure what to do or how to proceed in life. It is a time of of questioning, searching, doubting. The fact is, life is frustrating sometimes. It's confusing, and it absolutely can be devastating. But it's a test. It's a defining moment. It's a God-given opportunity to grow as a person and to grow in your faith. I mean, what do you do when you question your faith? You know, there are times when your faith will be tested in life. The fact is some of you are facing difficulties right now. And I would tell you, you're being tested. You know, every Christ follower, our, our faith will be tested at times. Now, I love the uh, Simpsons, uh, and I know you're disappointed, but uh, I, I love the episode where uh, Bart, he has this great big exam, and it's coming up the next day. And he does what he always does. He's off uh, playing all day instead of studying. And that evening, his, his sister kind of jumps him and for not studying. And so it kind of gets in his head. And that night, Bart tries to sleep, and, and he can't. He's, he's tossing and turning, and he's dreaming. And he is convinced that his whole life is going to be destroyed because of this one test that he's going to take. And so finally, it's this great moment, he prays. And he, he says, God, I'll dedicate my life to being a schooler just let me have one more day to study. And so that night, there's a snowstorm, and school's canceled. He gets up the next morning. He's elated. He tells uh, his sister Lisa uh, that God answered his prayer. He just can't believe it. And he's getting dressed because he's going to go out and play in the snow. And Lisa reminds him about the promise that he had made to God. And so finally, out of guilt... He studies for the test. The next day, he takes the test. He gets a D minus. He is celebrating. He's jumping up and down. I passed, I passed, I passed. And his sister's like, Bart? You know, and he uh, finally, he's like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, a part of this is yours, big guy. <laughs> you know. 
You know, when I was in uh, school, I learned that uh, it was always wise to prepare for tests. And the tests that I did the best on were the ones where they gave you the questions up front. They gave it to you in advance. And so I, I would prepare. Scripture tells us what to expect in life's tests. Why? So we can prepare for them. We, we know when we'll be, be tested. We don't know exactly when, but we know we will be tested. Some of you are being tested today. Others of you, well, the test, it's going to be down the road. But all of us, all of us here, we will have our faith tested. You know, we're continuing this series, uh, Say Amen. And we've said amen. It's that little word we say to a big God. And it is us praying and then saying, so be it. That's what amen means. So be it, Lord. Because you understand that God is with you. You understand that God is faithful and God is good. And you realize that God is bigger than whatever it is you're facing in life. And we've said that area where you doubt that God is big enough, you'll struggle with fear in your life. It's a test of faith. You know, if I was to ask you today, are you a believer? Most of you would say, yes, I'm I'm a believer. But if I was to ask you, how do you know you're a believer? Well, we would get some different answers, but more than likely, you'd say something like, well, I believe in God, believe in Jesus. You know, that's great. But you know, Scripture says that the demons and the devil believe in God. Believing in God is not what gets us to heaven. You know, believing is more than an intellectual exercise that we do You know, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. There's more to being a believer. There's more to it. You know, we're saved by faith in the works of Jesus Christ on the the cross. You know, we're saved ultimately by God's grace. And our faith, and this is what I want you to get today, our faith should impact how we live our lives. You know, James, he writes this, he says, as a lifeless body is dead, so faith without actions is dead. In other words, if your faith, your actions don't sync up with what you say you believe, your faith's dead, which raises some questions for me. I mean, what does it mean to be a true believer? How do you know if your faith is like the real deal? And what we're going to do, we're going to look at a guy by the name of Abraham. And you should know Abraham is considered the father of faith for Jews, Christians, and Muslims. Abraham is an important figure in the faith world. Abraham, his life's recorded in the book of Genesis, and it's also recorded in the book of Hebrews. 
In Hebrews, it's kind of the faith hall of fame that's there. And so what I want to do is look at some tests that Abraham faced. I think they're tests that you and I face in life on a regular basis. But Hebrews says this, Hebrews 11.8, says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Hmm. Abraham faces a where test here. God asks him to make this major change in his life. He asks him to pack up everything that he has and to move. But there's a catch in this one. God doesn't tell him where he's moving to. All right? God just says it's time to move. And so by faith, he's being tested here. And I imagine Abraham had a ton of questions. You know, where am I going? God says, "Mm, I'll let you know. Well, how long? It's like children in a car. How long before we get there? I'll let you know. How will I know when I get there? I'll let you know. Now, here's the question. Would you move... On that basis. I mean, it's a major change in his life. And it is a faith test. This is a difficult test for Abraham, I think, because uh, quite a few things here. One, and context is always important here. If you read the Genesis account, you find out that Abraham is 75 years old at this point. God says, I want you to move now. And I imagine he pushes back at this point. Now, I'm reading between the lines, but I imagine he's saying to God, God, I'm ready to retire. And God says, no, you're not. You're going to inspire and aspire in your life. Well, I'm ready for the easy life at this point. No, you're going to go on an adventure of your life. At his age, change would have been difficult. Can I get an amen to that? (laughs) It's always difficult. Abraham, not only is he old, but he's extremely wealthy here. He lives in the city of Ur. And I know you go, well, that doesn't sound very interesting, Ur. But Ur is a metropolitan city in that day. It's ultra-modern city. In fact, it's extremely advanced for its day. He's extremely wealthy. It's the capital city. It's the epicenter of the world at that time. Archaeologists, they found theaters there, shopping malls, parks. They had municipal water uh, resources like fresh water, sewage management. Big thing in that day. It's important. And so he's got all this stuff, and then he's got his family there. He's got relatives. He has sheep and cattle. He's got businesses. He's got possessions. Scripture says he had 50 servants. So I'm reading between the lines. He's got a lot of stuff to take care of. He needs help with it. And so he's trying to manage all this stuff. And then one day, God says, you're going to move. And that was complicated back then. You know, no allied van lines, no U-Hauls available. Abraham 
didn't even know where he was going. And God says, we're going to move. Which now raises questions for me. Would you follow God's lead if you had no idea where God was taking you? Would you? See, it's a faith test. It's not just saying, oh, I believe in God. It's not just words that we say. It's deeds. It's obeying fully. It's faith in action. Some of you, you do not know where things are going in your life. But God has asked you to make some changes in your life, and you know it. You know you're not supposed to be where you are. You know you're not supposed to stay where you are. But some of you are afraid. Some of you are confused. If you were honest, you're uncomfortable making the shift. Some of you keep asking, where? Where are we going, God? It's a faith test in life. You know, where should I work, Lord? Where should I live? You know, where should I retire? You know, where, where should I try and find a job? You know, where should I go to school, Lord? Where should I invest my time and my talents and my energies? Where, Lord, where? It's a where question that we ask. Some of you, it's like, God, show me where. Show me. God, I want to know where this is heading. I want to know how this is going to play out. If you could just show me the ending. And God's saying, you know what? You just need to be moving first. Then I'll show you. Then I'll direct you. I'll start working. You know, friends, if your faith has not led you to take risks, hear me. If it hasn't, it's not faith. You're living by sight. Where? It's a faith test. Abraham also faced a, a win test. You know, for Abraham, the, this win test really has to do with a delayed promise that God had given him in life. It says in Hebrews 11, it says, By faith, he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. That, that word promise there, it's used twice in, in Scripture. It's an important word. It is a very important word in the vocabulary of a true believer. You know, it's standing on, on God's promises. God wants us to base our life on his promises. It's not God explaining everything to us, but it's our expectations in life of what God can do. God promises Abraham, he says, if you move, I'll give you the promised land. And here's the problem. He got moving. But the transfer of ownership, it was delayed. 
Get this, Abraham lived a hundred more years waiting. Think about that. I'm positive that it was tough for him. You know, Scripture says, lived in tents. Just think about that. Lived in tents. Temporary housing. How would you like to live in a tent for a hundred years? Three generations. It's a long, long wait. Long wait. He's married. I imagine almost daily, Sarah would go, Honey, have I told you lately, I hate this tent. When are we going to get a real house? Abraham, I imagine, got up every day and he had the same prayer. When, Lord, when, please, when are you going to fulfill the promise that you made to me? Now, I don't know about you, but I handle tests a lot better if I know there's like a time limit to it. It is much more difficult when I look on the horizon and I do not see an end in sight. You know, when when you can't see that things are getting better, that you're getting closer, some of you are facing that win moment. And the burning question is, when, Lord? You know, when am I going to meet the right person? You know, when? When are things going to get better in our marriage? You know, when are we going to have a baby? You know, when am I going to get that job? When am I going to get that promotion? When am I going to get well, Lord? When? When, Lord, when? Let me ask you something here. What are you expecting God to do in your life? That, that thing that hasn't happened yet, it's a test. And some tests require waiting and waiting. I mean, how long can you wait? Can, can you trust God's timing in your life? Can you wait without knowing when? In this life, you will be tested. You'll be tested where, you'll be tested when, and you'll be tested how. Abraham, he faced this impossible problem. He has been promised that he will have a descendant and that that descendant will give lots of descendants to him. He'd be a father of a great nation. We know that it was Israel. But here's the problem. Abraham, 99 years old, and he still doesn't have children. He's too old. Sarah, she's beyond childbearing age. It's a problem. We don't have time to read the whole story, but if you want to read it, it's found in Genesis 18. God sends a couple messengers to tell Abraham that Sarah's going to have a baby. Sarah, she's listening in. She hears the conversation. She does. She laughs. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm going to have a baby. 
one of the messengers hears her laugh and says, why are you laughing? You know, is anything too hard for God? I'll return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. You got this impossible situation. What seemed impossible, God made possible. Hebrew writer goes on and says, and by faith, even Sarah, who is past childbearing age, was unable to bear was enabled to bear a child because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, became, (laughs) there we go, (laughs) came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and countless as the sands on the seashore. Some of you, are worried sick right now. You're discouraged. You're defeated because you don't know how. Lord, how am I going to make it to the end of the month? You know, Lord, how am I ever going to get out of debt in my life? You know, Lord, how, how can I handle all the pressures that are coming in on me? You know, Lord, when are you going to repair the marriage? I mean, how are you going to do it? How are you going to put my family back together again? How are you going to get through to my child? It's a faith test. Will you expect a miracle in your life? When you're in over your head, when when the situation seems impossible, do you believe that God could do something? I will guarantee you, in God's time, in God's way, God can make things happen. Maybe not the way you planned, and maybe not what you want, but whatever it is that you're facing today, or will face, God will see you through. That I know for sure. See, I don't know what the future holds, but I know the one that holds the future in his hands. You know, there's one more test, and and I think this is a really difficult test, and it's the why test in life. A lot of things happening in this world that just do not make sense to me. I mean, why is life unfair? You know, why, why is there evil in this world? Why, why do bad things happen? And we've talked about this through this series. The fact is, we have freedom of choice. We all make bad decisions. Other people make bad decisions that affect all of us. We live in a sinful, broken world. We all have difficulty kind of accepting uh, the consequences when we do something wrong, right? But we recoil when we suffer because someone else did something wrong that affects us. 
we find ourselves in those times going, why me? Why this? Why, Lord, why? The Hebrew writer says, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son. Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Now, I'm going to say up front, I believe this story raises more questions than any story in the Bible. Isaac is Abraham and Sarah's miracle baby. Isaac's maybe 12 or 13 years old. When, when God comes to Abraham and says, I want you to sacrifice your son. It's an unprecedented request. Abraham didn't have scripture to look at in that day. And Abraham had no idea that God was merely testing him. In fact, for all Abraham knew, he would have to go through with the sacrifice. Isaac represents the promise. Everything God had promised hinges on this error. This story is shocking. I mean, how, how could God make such a request like this? How, how could God ask a father to sacrifice his son? But God did ask it. And I know it, sound, it sounds pagan, it sounds crazy. You may be wondering, you're like, well, I wonder what Abraham was thinking. I mean, how could he be obedient to that? Well, Scripture tells us Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. Abraham reasoned, calculated, He thought it over and over in his mind. And he decided a a very basic truth of life that God has the right to make any demand on his life. Whether he understood it or not. God is God. God made me. God's brought me this far. And therefore, everything I have, everything I ever will have, I owe to God. And on top of that, Abraham figured if God could give him a miracle son at 100 years old, God could raise his son from the dead. Now here's a question for you. Will you trust God with everything? I mean, will you trust God without knowing why. This life is full of contradictions and things you will never, ever figure out. Some of you are going through that why test today. And I know it's a difficult test. You know, why why did I lose my job? I mean, why did my spouse have an affair and our marriage blow apart. I mean, why, why did I have a miscarriage? 
You know, why, why do I have this illness? Why do I have cancer? Why, why are these things, why are they happening to me? Why'd they have to die? There's nothing wrong with asking the question. Where? When? How, God? Why? Abraham asked the questions. Every great person in Scripture asks the same questions. There's nothing wrong with asking God questions. Your test score, so to speak, isn't affected by the questions that you ask. Keep asking them. Your, your test score, it's kind of based on how you respond to the test. It's based on your faith in God. You know, when, when you have questions in life, and you will, sometimes you have more questions than answers, right? The question is, how do you respond to it? Do you believe God loves you? Do you believe God wants the very best for your life? Do you trust God enough to follow? Do you trust God even when you don't know when, you don't know where, you don't know how, and you don't know why? It's a faith test. I imagine every one of us, there's something in our life right now that we're facing and we got questions. I mean, which of these tests are, are you facing right now? I would ask you, are you a believer? And if you are, prove it. Life is a faith test. Faith, it's more than just words. It's deeds. It's how we respond. And I know some of you, right now you're going... I guess I flunked the test. You know, I'm not doing good with this faith thing. Do something about it. You know, there's a story, it's found in the book of Mark. I've always loved this story. This man comes to Jesus and his son is, you know, deathly ill. And he asked Jesus if he could do something. He asked him to to help him in some way if he can. And Jesus responds, he says, if you can, you know, if I can, you're you're questioning? All things are possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cries out and says, I believe what? Help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief, Lord. The man, because of his faith, Jesus heals his son. When you're struggling in your faith, Lord, I don't know where. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't understand why I got to go through this, but I'm going to trust you. I believe, help my unbelief, Lord. Because I still believe in your faithfulness. Because I still believe in your truth. 
because I still believe in your holy word. Even when I don't see it, Lord, I still believe. Do you believe? Some of you need that faith today. Faith that moves mountains. Faith that allows you to overcome. Faith that gives you strength to see through whatever it is you're going through. Keep asking questions, but keep pursuing God with your faith. And when you don't have any more, Lord, I I believe. Help my unbelief, Lord. Help it. Let's bow in a word of prayer. God, I know there, there are a lot of people going through a lot of stuff. Faith's being challenged. God, even when we can't see, we're not sure how or why we're going through it or when we're going to get through it. We're not sure where this is all going. Lord, help us to keep our faith in you. Help us, Lord, to seek you out and trust you. When our faith is struggling, well, God, just help us in that unbelief. Help us to believe. God, may your Holy Spirit just whisper so that we know you're with us. We know that you have a plan. God, we know you'll see us through. Amen, Lord. So be it. I invite you. There'll be prayer teams down front. If you need prayer this morning, let, let, let them pray for you. And uh, just uh, let's stand and let's worship God today.